morning, True Life Church. I miss you guys and I can't wait to see you soon. My name is Jamie and I'm going to be doing today's reading. I'm going to be reading Exodus 4, 1 through 4 and 10 through 17. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is it that's in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. But the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he could speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Have a great day, everyone. Can you guys hear me? All right. There we go. Good morning, everyone. All right, so we're going to talk about Exodus chapter 4. Now, what's interesting, we're continuing last week's narrative. So where Moses encounters God at the burning bush, right? God has an encounter with him, and he says, Moses, I, I have called you to deliver my people. I want you to stand before Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, and I will use you to do mighty signs and wonders. So he's encountered with, with that, and he's like, like many of us, Moses is like, wait a minute. God, I think you got the wrong person. So when, sometimes when God encounters us, our first reaction is looking at our inability, our inadequacies, our insecurities, and saying, God, I don't think I can do that, right? But God knows that prior to, to him even calling you, that he sees your inability, but he wants to meet your inability with his ability. So we're going to talk about that this morning. So I just want to recap the story real quick in Exodus 4. Again, it's a continuation of Exodus 3 where God says, I've called you to this. So notice here in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, it says that Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So God was telling Moses, I want you to appear to the elders of Israel, and I want you to tell your people that I've sent you, that the great I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has come to you and visited you to set the people free. And automatically Moses is thinking, what are they going to say? You know, they're not going to believe me. So already Moses is coming up with excuses. And look what the Lord says to him in verse 2. So the Lord said to him, what's in your hand, Moses? And he said, a rod or a staff. So God is not concerned of our inadequacies. He'll take what you have and use it for his glory. Just think about that rod. It's just a staff. And God's saying, I can use anything for my glory. So let's read on here in verse 3. And God said to him, cast it to the ground. 
So he cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And that's an act of faith. So the staff turns to a snake, and it startles Moses, and then God says to him, grab it by the tail. Which is very, very dangerous because the snake can come back and bite you. So imagine the act of faith just grabbing it by the tail. And when he obeyed God, he grabbed it by the tail. Uh, it became a staff in his hand again. So now jumping back to, I mean, jumping forward to verse 10 and 12. Again, God is telling him, hey, listen, I want you to do this for me. But then Moses keeps making excuses. And let's kind of read this and we'll, we'll go a little deeper into it. Exodus 4, 10 through 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. I want you to notice that. I want you to notice Moses' response to God and then how God rebuttals him. Verse 11. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. So you see the pattern here of Moses questioning God, uh, questioning his, his ability to do so, and then God's response to that. And then lastly, as the narrative continues in verse 13, but Moses said again, O Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Moses is being persistent. God I don't want to do this. I'm inadequate. I can't do this. And then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, It's not Aaron the Levite, your brother. I know that he can speak well, and look, he's also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Moses is really trying to dodge this whole thing. But God is persistent in using him. Okay, I just want us to see what's going on here. Now, verse 15, now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, talking about Aaron, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. And jump down to verse 17, and then God, he ends the whole thing by saying, you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. Let's break all that down. My question for you this morning is, what's in your hand? What can you give to God to use? God's ability in us. Amen? So, God, again, God called Moses to do great and awesome things. To do signs and wonders, to speak to Pharaoh. And Moses was so focused in his inability. He, he, he was a stutterer, right? He couldn't speak well. And what's interesting about Moses is that he was raised in Egypt. He was well-educated in a wealthy place, right? He was adopted son of the daughter of Pharaoh. He was the prince of Egypt, right? We've seen the movies. He was well-educated. He was a Harvard grad. He had all, all of it together. And then he saw the injustices that was happening to his people. And then he, you know, as we, we learned, he, he acted upon that and he had to run away because he killed an Egyptian. So he's in, in, in hiding. He's living a life. It's 40 years later. And God meets him. God meets him in the wilderness. He's minding his own business. God appears to him and says, I have a mission for you. I have a purpose for you. But Moses made excuses. And how often do we make excuses when we tell God, for example, we can't do things. God wants to challenge us. He wants to transform us. But we always make excuses like Moses. Right? The famous phrase, God, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's impossible. 
Perhaps God is challenging you this morning to change. There's a part of your life that God is saying, I want you to change in this because I love you. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Perhaps you're believing God to start a new business or your career path, whatever you're going through. Perhaps it's something with your kids and God's saying, I want to invite you uh, to change in this area. I want to be involved. But you're saying, God, I can't. It's too impossible. I don't know if I can change. And God's saying, let my ability meet your inability. So, again, you can be here struggling with something. You can be struggling with an, with an addiction or something you just feel you can't get out of. And you just kind of throw in the towel and God's saying, don't give up. I can change it. I can transform you if you let me. We're so focused on us. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's impossible. Life will never change. I'll never overcome this. But God's saying, yes, you can if you allow me to. I'm a God of destiny. I'm a God of purpose. I'm a God of transformation. You know, he sent Jesus to save us so we can have eternal life. But not just go to heaven. Thank God for that. We're going to heaven because of Jesus. He made us right with God. But God wants us to have an abundant life in him now as we walk with him step by step. There's greater things in store for each and every one of us. Amen. Awesome things. Don't settle to where you're at. God is a God of transformation. The more you spend time with God, the more you walk with him, the more your life will be transformed for his glory. We're called to be a light to the world. And let your light shine as he transforms you. So people can look at your life and say, wow, that was God. I knew, I knew that dude. He was crazy. And God transformed him. Amen? And, that, and that's the beauty of it, that God welcomes us with our weaknesses. And God knew that Moses couldn't talk adequately, that he stuttered. God knew that when he called him. But he invited him to partner with him to show forth his glory through him. So God, God loves you where you're at. God loves you through your weaknesses, your inadequacies, your insecurities. God sees that. It doesn't startle God. He's not afraid to get in the mess with you. In fact, he wants to embrace you in your mess so he can transform you. That's who God is. God is not a God who, you know, strikes you with lightning if you mess up. God's saying, like Mandy was saying earlier, come boldly to my throne of grace to receive help and mercy in time of need. Jesus came that you can come boldly to me so I can transform you. I, I, I have saved you, right? God is saying, I have saved you through the blood of my son. You have eternal life. Now I want to transform you into my image and likeness. Allow my ability to meet your inability. Amen? So let's talk about when God's ability meets our inability. When God's ability meets our inability. So what, what does inability mean? Simply, lack of power. Lack of ability. We make, for example, when we make excuses by saying things like, God, I can't. I'm not able. This is impossible. I will never change. Oftentimes, as people, we're obsessed with our weaknesses and our inabilities. When we're challenged to change or God invites us to a, a, a better place in him and gives us purpose, we, we're always, we have to fight through the negativity of the I can't, I'm not able, or this will never change. God, don't you know it's been years and I'm still struggling with this? God, don't you know that my kids have been going through this for years? I feel like I'm stuck in this job. I feel I could have been further in my life right now. I feels like my dreams are dead. 
And we come up with all these scenarios of the impossibility, but God's saying, can you lift your perspective above that and focus on my ability? Come on, amen? God wants to do great things in your life, no matter what stage of life you're in. Young, old, uh, whatever season you're going through, young parent, nearing retirement, God wants to do something awesome in you. Practical, yet awesome. Don't settle where you're at. God's inviting you. God's encountering you like Moses. Moses was minding his business, being a shepherd in the wilderness, and God shows up in the burning bushes saying, I have called you to destiny and purpose. I have called you to set my people free. Are you allowing God to encounter you and saying, son and daughter, I've encounter, I'm encountering you to set you free. I'm encountering you to take you to a greater dimension in me and purpose in me. Because God, you know, Christianity is not a dead religion. It's a living relationship with Jesus. And we're to be walking with him daily as he speaks to us and guides us to, through his word, through the spirit of God, through people in, in the body of Christ to get us to where we need to before we get to heaven. I don't know about you, but when I, on my way to heaven, I want to go there shouting and in victory. I know there's going to be trials. I know there's going to be tribulations. Jesus said that. But he said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You're not in this alone because my ability has met your inability and we can walk through life together. Amen. Praise God. Come on, you can clap. <laughs> Glory to God. God does the impossible through us because he's God. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, to illustrate my life growing up, you know, imagine, imagine little Rigo, right? Look, I look the same. <laughs> Just little Rigo and wearing glasses too big for my face. That's, that's another story. But, um, but I grew up shy. I, I grew up insecure. I grew up with a low self-esteem. Um, I always had thoughts of negativity, what, what I thought people perceived me as. So I kind of fulfilled that. And during high school, middle school, high school, my family moved from Jersey to Florida, new environment, super shy. Super low self-esteem. And I, I, I allowed myself to get into the depression. I kept to myself. And I was just self-absorbed with my weaknesses, my inabilities, and insecurities. I mean, I was so shy, I remember I couldn't look people in the face, and in, in the eyes. And my teacher, and my freshman teacher in science class, she confronted me one, one day as I'm turning in an assignment. I'm talking to her. She's like, Rigo, I noticed you don't look at me in the eyes when you talk to me. You know, and it, that kind of hit me. And I'm like, oh, you know. Because I was super shy. I, and, I, and I was, again, negative and, and, and depressed. I was in my own bubble. Darkness was, was over my life. And then I, you know, that obviously changed when I encountered Jesus. But I remember even being invited to church by my brother who, him and his girlfriend went to church um, one Sunday morning. And I drove them there because they were a little younger than me. Uh, the teenagers, whatever. So I drove them to church, and I said, I'm not going to that church. There's no way possible. One of my first encounters in, in going to a church. And I was, I was nervous. You can, you can feel my heart pounding. I'm not going in there. And so it was a tr kind of church like this, a little bigger. And when you came in, there's a little foyer area with some chairs and stuff. So I just sat there, and I said, I'm not going. I'm just sitting here. And I would hear the service going on. And at one point in time, they would give the kids tambourines to worship God in. They would run around the church. So I, a few times I look and I see my brother running around with tambourines. Like, what's, what's going on here? What kind of church is this? You know, they weren't afraid to praise God openly. So I, anyway, I said that because I'm sitting there 
thinking like, man, this is horrible. I, I can't go in there. I was shy. And as soon, as soon after that, I encountered Jesus. He, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior for real. I said, God, I surrender my life to you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for giving me eternal life. At that moment, I received the peace and life of God in me, and the transformation started. And soon after that, soon after I was out there saying I will never step foot in that church, a few months later, I was sitting in that church's youth group class teaching my first Bible study that the past youth pastor asked me to do. A kid who was super shy, couldn't talk to anyone, let alone talk in front of anybody without trembling. And what's awesome is when I stepped out in faith and did it, I still remember the lesson. It was about King David and Bathsheba and what he, crazy stuff he did there and God's consequences and God, how God can restore us and forgive us. But, and I remember just sitting in front of the kids and, and talking and speaking and it coming out supernatural. I didn't mean to say supernatural. I meant super, like natural to me. Um, but it was supernatural. It was natural, meaning that God had gifted me. He had imparted that into my life even when I was out in, you know, out in depression and insecurity and fear. His gift was already in me. And God just breathed his life into me and brought it forth. So God's gift's already in you. God's destiny and purpose is already in you in seed form. God's saying, will you allow me to help it grow and blossom? God already sees you great. He already sees you in right standing with him. He sees you where you need to be. We just have to walk it out. Because he loves you just where you are unconditionally. And he's calling you to greater things, to fulfill his purpose, to be set free from stuff in your life, to walk in his abundance that Jesus provided for. Amen? And that's only possible, not because of you. You're not great. I'm not great. But God is great. And he has poured his greatness in us. And I can say that, you know, that God loves me. He has purpose for me because of what Jesus did for me. Amen? So if God's able to transform me, and he's continually to transform me. And there was other things in my life that were out of whack that God had to work with. He delivered me from depression. He showed me what it means to renew my mind and see myself the way he sees me. That my identity was in Christ Jesus. He helped me through those things. As I lean into him. And whenever I encounter opposition from the enemy or just attacks of life and circumstances, I learn how to rely and trust in him to get me through them every single time. Amen. You're never, you're never lost. It's never impossible. Even through the tough times, lean into God and he will help you. Lean into his word. Lean, lean into prayer. Lean into other strong believers. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Ever, 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 ever. You know, I can't, I'm beyond giving up because I always say this. I cannot do pity parties with God. He calls me out every time. He does. And sometimes I got to grab myself by the ear and say, Rigo, you know better. Stop with that stuff. Right? Because we mature as believers in the Lord. We mature with him. He guides us and leads us. And oftentimes through scriptures, you'll notice that God will tell his men and women of God who are complaining, this or that, God will say to them, get up from the ground. Get up and, and go forward. I'm with you. I will guide you. So God's ability meets our inability. So I want to see that illustrated here in the scriptures real quick in this slide where it says God's ability meets our inability. 
Look at Moses' inability here real quick. This is like us. God tells you to do something, to change, and we have excuses. God told Moses, I want you to speak before Pharaoh. And Moses says, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. God's like, I know. I know you're not eloquent. I don't care. I still called you to do this. I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. God, I can't change. You know my situation. It's my weakness. You know, are you really requiring this of me? So he's, in other words, like us, we make excuses. But God's inviting us to a greater dimension with him. And again, God knows your weakness. When you tell him, God, this is what I'm going through. It's my weakness. God says, I know. That doesn't bother me. I'm calling you to greatness. I'm calling you to come to me. Allow my ability in you. So whenever you give God your excuses, you, we have to learn to listen to God's rebuttal. We have to learn to listen to his final word because his final word brings transformation. Look what he says to Moses' response. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore, I love this. God is so direct. Now therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Moses' excuse, and God is saying, Listen, I created you. I'm able to perform a miracle and give you the grace and power to use your weakness for my glory. You see that? So God can take your weakness and turn it around for his glory so that other people can be blessed. In my case, my insecurity and shyness and depression, God has turned it around so I can be a blessing to others who are going through that and saying, if God delivered me, he can deliver you. And I love how God tells Moses, we have a role to play. When God calls us, when his ability meets our inability, we still have a role to play by going and stepping out in faith and trusting him. And when we do, his ability meets us. So Moses says, I am slow of speech. God says, I will be with your mouth. Can't, and then God's saying, can we proceed? And, and, you think, and you think after that, Moses would have been a cool with it. No, but like many of us, we continue with the excuses. So let's go on to the next slide. When God's ability meets our insecurity, you know, not only do we focus our, in, our inability, but also our insecurity. What does that mean to be insecure? We lack confidence. We lack assurance that God would do what he wants us to do. Again, think about the thing that God wants to change in your life or call you to or, or stepping out to, and you're saying, God, I can't do that. We have self-doubt. And God's inviting us to reverse that mindset, to trust him, to do what he's called us to do. So again, you would think after that first encounter with God, Moses would change his mind. But Moses persists as if God doesn't know. God needs some persuading sometimes, right? We have to tell, we have to educate God of our, God, I don't, I don't think you understand, but I'm Rigo, remember, you know? I'm Rigo, remember? And God's like, yes, I still love you, and I still want to use you. So look, look at Moses' response, uh, verse 13. But he said, O Lord, please send by the hand whomever else you may send. He was being stubborn. Sent God, I understand it, but send someone else. It can't be me. I don't want to pay the price. 
I, I, he's already thinking, like, the people won't, my people are not going to believe me. Pharaoh's probably, probably going to have me executed. Because sometimes when God calls you to do something, he only tells you the first step. And we get so consumed with step four, five, and six that it paralyzes us. And God's saying, don't focus on step five, six, and seven. Focus on step one when I said just take your staff and go. Oftentimes we just got to take that first step of faith, and that's when his ability meets us. And he'll guide you along the way. So look at God's response. Now you shall speak to him. And I want to preference this real quick. So Moses was so persistent and God using someone else. To act, God, the scripture says, we read earlier, that God got mad at Moses. And he wasn't mad in the sense that he was going to strike down Moses. He got mad because of his love for us, that he wants to use us so bad that sometimes we're so stubborn that he was just mad at Moses. And, and Moses, I want to do this for you. But then God says, okay, fine. I'll use your brother Aaron. And this is what the scripture is talking about here. Aaron is coming to see you, actually. He's going to be glad to see you. I'm going to speak to you still. Remember, God has not changed. I'm still going to speak to you. And you'll speak to Aaron. Aaron will be your spokesperson because he can speak well. You know, quote, unquote. He's eloquent. So look at, look at God's response here in verse 15. Now you shall speak to him, Aaron, and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. I will teach you what you shall do. So God still continues his purpose in Moses, even though Moses now says, use my brother. That wasn't God's best, but God still stuck to his guns and said, Moses, I'm still going to speak to you. I'm still going to use you. So God is persistent with us because he loves us. And it could be annoying sometimes because you think God leaves you alone for a while and then he wakes you up in the middle of the night saying, what are you going to do about that? Man, God, I thought you forgot about that. God's like, I haven't forgotten about it. You know why? Because I love you. I love you too much to leave you in the, in the dirt, in the mire, in the clay. Right? He wants to transform you. I love you too much to leave you where you're at. And we can say no for a while. We can run away from him for a while. But when we stop, he's still right there. Our loving God who wants to transform us and help us. Like this is forever. You know, God will love you forever and ever. You know, the Bible says he loves us with an everlasting love. He doesn't condemn you or put you down. He loves you right where you're at because he wants to transform you. He wants to help you. That's what his mercy is about. His mercy is like, God, there's mornings where I wake up and I, and I know I, I had a rough day. I didn't obey right or whatever. And I, you, you feel down in the dumps. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, man, I totally messed up today. Some days you wake up, you don't even feel like you're saved or a Christian. You're like, ah. Oh. And you wake up. And then sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just have a sense of God's love and presence. I'm like, God, what's this? He's like, it's my mercy. You know, the scriptures say in Psalms, my mercies are made new every morning. Every morning. He sings songs of deliverance over us, the Bible says. God is so in love with you that he sings over you. You're his child, and he has destiny and purpose for you. So don't give up, because he's not giving up on you. His ability will meet your inability, your insecurity, and help you to walk into greatness for your life in every area. Amen? Let's embrace that together. Now, the scriptures, 
when it talks about the word grace, God gives us his grace, the word translated grace also means not just unmerited favor and God's free gift of salvation to us, but grace means God's ability in us to live out the Christian life. So when you see the word grace, think of God's power and God's ability in us. I'm reminded of the scripture, and it's, it's not in the notes here, um, in the slides, but I want to read it from 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, because God is calling Moses, and God is saying, Moses, I understand your weaknesses, but I'm going to give you my power, I'm going to give you my ability, or in other words, grace. And I just want to illustrate this through the Apostle Paul, who in 2 Corinthians 12 through 7 says this, at least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. You know, Paul was used of God. He, God would speak to him. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And there was a temptation there to be puffed up with pride. And it says here, at least I should be exalted, I mean, exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, God allowed the enemy to intervene in Paul's life in such a degree that it kept them humble. For example, some people said it was a sickness, maybe it was, but wherever Paul went to preach the gospel, there was always persecution and uproar. There was always calamity. He was shipwrecked. He was whipped. You know, he encountered all these difficulties while he's doing the will of God. A thorn of the flesh was given to him, right? And it kept him humble, but and then Paul says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that they may depart from me. There's sometimes we struggle to things and we say, God, help me with this. God, take this from me. I, I can't deal with it anymore. And I love God's answer to him. And he said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Or my ability is sufficient for you. My power is sufficient for you. For my strength, this is God saying this, my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's glorified through your weakness. His power, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So his grace is sufficient to transform you and to help you as we lean upon him. So in other words, God was telling Paul, yeah, you're crying for me to deliver this from you, but trust in my grace to get you through it. And then Paul goes on to say, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes, God, I'm, I'm weak. Yes, God, I have weaknesses. But I boast in that because I know when I have weaknesses, it's an opportunity for your power to be displayed in my life. And all we have to do is surrender that weakness to the Lord. And he'll take it and transform you and give you his ability and power to change, to change your circumstances, to get you to a place he's called you to be. Because it's not over. It's not over by a long shot. God still has a purpose for you, a plan for you to get you where he wants to get you in him so that you can be a blessing to others as well. So see yourself the way God sees you. Amen. I'm going to ask the, the worship team if they can please come forward. And in our last moments together, I really want, to, want us to think about what is that weakness? What is that inability in us that we want God to transform? What is God challenging us to change? 
you know, God's ability in us enables us to do all that he has called us to do. And as the worship comes up, I just want to share a quick story uh, of this preacher I heard a long time ago where he was, a, he was a young man in his 20s and God is using him mightily to preach the gospel. And he's at his conference and he encounters this um, older gentleman who was a believer for a long time, a, a powerful man of God, elderly guy now, right? And he sees him in the hallways and he's like, this is my opportunity to ask him a question. Think, think, think. What's a good question to ask this man of God? So he approaches this man of God who's walking with a brief, briefcase. You know, he's kind of old gentleman. And he says, sir. He's like, yes. And he was a British guy. And he says, how can I please the Lord? And they're in the hallway, whatever. So the guy, the guy asking the question, how can I please the Lord? is against the wall. And the older guy set down his briefcase and he pushed him against the wall with his finger. This old man pushed him against the wall. He says, son, it's not your ability. It's his ability in you. Good night. He picks up his briefcase and walks away. And here's the, 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 the story is that it's not our ability. It's God's ability in us. We got to take our focus away of, Lord, how can I do this? How can I please you? What should I do? God's saying, chill, relax. Allow my ability to work through you. Will you just surrender? Will you just take a deep breath and say, God, I can't do this by myself? And it's okay to admit that. Admit that. Moses did. God, I can't do this in my own power. I've been struggling with this for a long time. My family may be in a mess. You know, my work, situ- work situation is chaotic. I, in fact, I never thought I'd be doing this. I thought you called me to do this. What's going on here? So we have all these questions. And God's saying, surrender that to me, and I can use you. I can turn it around. So if we can please stand for a moment as the, as the um, band plays softly before their song. Let's think about these thoughts to reflect on. It's not our ability. It's his ability in us. And I want you to think of this question. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? God told Moses, you know, when, God, when Moses was making excuses, God's saying, what do you have in your hands? Let's use that. What's in your hands? If God can use Moses' staff, he can use your insecurities, he can use your inabilities and your weaknesses. He can use that for his glory. Just surrender that to him. Throw it down at his feet. God told Moses to throw down that staff and see his miracle. Are you willing to lay it all down to him? Are you willing to say, God, I surrender all? So as we sing this last song, I want you to focus on the Lord and what he's called you to do and surrender all your weaknesses to him, all your inabilities, all your insecurities, and embrace his ability. Picture yourself the way God sees you in this next phase in your life. Amen? Let's worship together and embrace God's ability in us.